Hello, Ali. Hi, how are you? Okay. Okay, we're going to begin. Good evening, everyone. Thank you for coming. We are holding at the end of Simon Sadi Bay's Siftes, which seems like a short, quick halacha. But when you look into it, you see that there are many halachic ramifications of this halacha and many underlying principles that we will discuss uh, tonight in Mertz Hashem. So the Shulchan Aruch here is really quoting a Trumas Hadeshen, and we'll just slowly get into what the Trumas Hadeshen says and see how it plays out in the Shulchan Aruch. So back in the day, the candles that they used to use were made out of animal fat. Today you have your oil candles or wax, other types of materials, but if you think about it, they would have treif in their house. On a consistent basis, there would be a, a chalev candle that would be used for to, to read, to learn, maybe even the Shabbos candles. So you have a potential issue of chalev, which is treif, and you'll see the connection to the previous halachas that we learned, spritzing out and falling on a keli, falling on food, many concerns. Today, your your wax candles are made out of wax. They're not made out of chalev. You could have olive oil, you know, Hanukkah, or some people use it Friday night, but that's not uh, the no kashras issue with uh, olive oil. Okay, so the Shulchan Aruch here, qu- quoting the Trumas Adeshen, brings down the case of a ner shel chalev. You have a ner, a candle made out of chalev, not chalev, chalev, which is animal fat. Chalev refers to the chalev that's asr. Otherwise, we refer to it as shuman. So chalev means the forbidden fat. So let's say you had a ner, and shenataf mimenu tipa al kli, and a drop, a tipa, fell off of this candle. You're holding the Havdalah candle, right? And a, a tipa falls off and drops, splashes off of that onto a keli. So now you have chalev falling onto a keli. So the Shulchan Aruch says, Ein sarach kim gereda. All you need to do is scratch. You scratch it out. You don't have to kasha the entire plate. Gereda is enough. And we'll see what this means. Avachelev mohutach cham. Let's say you had a, the, the fat, which is solid at room temperature, but now it got hot. And now imagine it's in a uh, cup. It's not, it's not a, it's in a candle holder or it's in a glass. And now the chelev is no longer a gel. It's an oil. It's something that you can use as a liquid, and you have a burning candle on top. So now you have a real fire, and you have a, uh, a very hot oil. The fat has now transformed to oil. So now, if the oil falls off and drops onto a keli, now you have to kasher the entire keli, and it seems like you need hagala. So let's take a step back, and if you look in the Truma Sedeshan, there's actually three possible cases that could happen here. So we have this candle, this ancient candle, I'm sure you can find it today as well, that's made out of chalev. Chalev is asr, when it's not at e chalev, there's an isr kares, right? What, what, there's an isr of chalev. And it's burning, you have a burning candle. So there's three possible scenarios. Scenario number one is you have a candle, it's a hard candle, which means, by definition, if the candle is still hard, it's not hot yet, the, the, the wick is hot, but the actual candle is not hot, because if the candle was hot, it would actually be a liquid. That's just the way it works. So you have a drop falling off the top. Imagine you have your Havdalah candle and you have a little bit of wax, of hot wax, of hot fat falling down, drop landing on a keli. Now, in this case, the Shulchan Aruch is very clear, quoting the Truma Sadeshin, all you need is greda. It's not a full, uh, you know, koshering that's necessary. All you need is a simple greda, which we'll explain in a few minutes. To the other extreme, you have a case, as the Truma Sadeshin explains, where you have a bowl, and now this bowl which had animal fat, has now liquefied. 
So it's so hot that it became a liquid. And from the place where the candle is, a small amount of chelev, or we'll call it uh, oil, dripped out, fell out, and landed on a keli. In that case, it's very hot because it's falling right around, right where the, the flame is. It's boiling hot. In that case, when it drops on the keli, the shochan says you need hagala. Hagala is a real kashering. Those are the two extreme cases. And we could think of a third case. What if it didn't fall right by the fire? Let's say the fire is on the right side of the cup of the glass. It fell on the left side, which is a regular case of, of eroy, clearishine, when liquid falls out of a pot. What is the halacha in all these three cases? So let's do one by one. The Shulchan Aruch said, if it just simply dripped off the candle, you need to do greida, uh, or we'll call it greida, of dragging it. If it's in a liquefied uh, fat, it's a liquefied uh, oil, and it drops straight from the wick, then you need to do hagala. But he doesn't mention this in-between case. So let's take a step back and learn some of the halachas of, of what we call iser veheter, klirisha and klisheni. And these halachas, which we'll spend two minutes on, have many ramifications in all over Shulchan Aruch when it comes to Shabbos, Bishul and Shabbos. Can you uh, make a coffee in a klirisha? What's a klirisha? What's a klisheni? When it comes to kashering, you have to know how to properly kasher your kitchen for Pesach or for from Basar, you know, from Chayshik to Milchik, or you buy a new you buy a house and you're kashering uh, the new, the new apartment. So you have to know all these different halachas. So the way the the Babli in, in Masechta Shabbos explains a klirisha. Is something that was used on the fire. Your classic klirishan in one's home is your urn. Your urn is a, a hot water urn. is has a heating element in it. That urn has the status of a klirishan. Let's say you took water from the urn and you put it into a cup. That hot cup has the status of a klisheni. And to, for 30 seconds in Hilcha Shabbos, we know there's no bishul in a klisheni when it comes to Hilcha Shabbos. We have all these chumras that we're not sure what's considered kale habishal, things that could cook in a klisheni, and therefore most of us will never put something in a klisheni that wasn't previously cooked, and therefore many will use a, a klishlishi, which is a third cup, to put their tea bags in for those that make tea on Shabbos. So we've learned klirishain, which has the koyach of eish, it could cook, and klisheni, which has a very weak koyach, maybe it could cook kale habishal. We didn't even get into when it comes to the Yaridea, are there blius? in a klisheni, but we know that there's klirishan and klisheni. In between, there's something called eroi, where it started as a klirishan, and now it's pouring, you poured it out, and it hits food, it hits the surface. What's the status of that? Is that considered klirishan? It was, it's connected to the keli, or do we say, no, it's not klirishan, maybe it's klisheni. It's not, uh, it's not, it's no longer in its original pot. Maybe it cooled off. Or do we say maybe it's you know it's in between? It's not klirishain, which we'll say uh, aser is everything kuloi. It's real bishul, but it's not klisheni that we're very make on. It's it's called eroy. So those are the different categories, and within eroy itself, there's a there's a difference between eroy shenifsak hakiluach. Nifsak hakiluach means the stream has a has a stop, which think about you have a cup of coffee. You splash and then it lands. So that's nifsa kakiluach versus, let's say, a faucet, or you have your a continuous pour. That's shaloi nifsa kakiluach. The kiluach has not uh, stopped. So as you could tell, it has more kayach to cook because it's it's still connected to the original pot. Imagine an urn. You're you're letting the water out of the, the urn, the pump pot. So now that water is still attached to the heating element. That's 
more of a koyach, and we'll see we're much more machmir when it comes to iro shaloi nifsa kakiluach. So let's go back one, one, one case at a time. In the first case, where you had a candle, and the candle dripped and landed on the, the plate. Let's imagine you're making Havdalah. Back in the day, you have a uh, fat, you, your Havdalah candle is made out of Chelev, and now, not a good idea, but now your Chelev, Havdalah candle, just uh, a little piece fell off, boil a hot uh, wax, Chelev falls onto your, your china dish, or your, your regular dish. What do you do in that case? So the Shulchan said, all you need to do is grade them. Now, there are different ways how to understand this. Some learn that, well, first of all, this case is It's not a stream. It's, it's not a klirishan because when the drop hits the plate, the drop is not in the keli anymore. It's iroi. It's poured out. And it's nifsa kakiluach. So some learn that, well, according to the Shulchan Aruch, iroi, even if it's shenifsa kakiluach, you would still need to kasher through greira, which some learn means you have to peel off a klipa that you have to actually remove a klipa, the thinnest layer of this plate. That's one shita. The other shita say, no, if the mechaber held, you have to do kli- you have to need to remove a klipa, he would have said so. He uses this term, greida, which means you have to scratch it, you saw it down. It's a little less than klipa. Klipa is the thinnest layer that you could pull off in one shot, or, or one layer. A greida is scratching out a little bit, that's all you need. And there's an even more mekel shita, which is how we pass him. That greida simply means to, to, to rub something against the surface, use a piece of steel wool, but you don't need any, any more than that. What's pshat? Very simple. When you have a candle that's not melted, so the top of the candle is not that hot. And if you touch it, it's going to be hot. By the time this little piece falls off and, t- and, and falls on the surface, it's not really hot. So this plate's not too hot. I'm sure we've all experienced the wax falling on our fingers. It might hurt for a second. It's more of a surprise, but it's not going to give you a real burn. Uh, and by the time it hits the the, uh, the plate, they would assume that it's not really that hot, and therefore it doesn't really oscillate the keli, so therefore just scratch it out a little bit. That's the first case of of the Shulchan Aruch. The second case, or we'll jump to case number three, was in between. It's not that you had this melted oil, and the oil dripped right by the flame, a really hot oil? No, it dripped off on the side. So shouldn't this be a regular case of of klipa, right? When we're going to learn th- throughout the, the rest of uh, you know Basabahalov and Taruvais that when something becomes usher through eroy klirishine, which means you had a hot. Well, I'll give you an example: kashring your your sink for you know, for Pesach. You had uh, a hot uh, chalant or or uh, noodle soup. And you took from that noodle soup and you poured it into the sink. Boiling hot water, chametz, into the sink. How do you kasher your sink? So without getting into davar gush, the way to kasher the sink is to do iroi. What's iroi? Iroi is, you take a boiling uh, uh, pot of water and you pour that pot onto the sink. And that's the way you kasher it. How does that work? So we say, it came in through iroi. So you kasher it through iroi. And that is what what is what does iroi accomplish? It could affect kedei klipa. The thinnest layer of the pot of the surface will be affected by iroi clearation. If you remember, we learned many weeks ago the the concept of tatogavar and and the logavar. The halacha is that the bottom one is stronger. That if the bottom surface is cold and hot is being poured on top of it, the cold wins over the hot and really. There should be no effect on the cold, but the Gemara says, as it's cooling it off, it absorbed a klipa. So that's the, the lumdus of Eroi uh, 
uh, when pouring to, to kosher and how it gets affected. Now, this case would call for eroy clearition, uh, regular eroy. However, if you look in the shach, the shach says, if you had, in shach lamaches, he says, if you had the uh, the chelev mohotach, which means the liquefied chelev, I'm two lines into the shach, that's where seach bekteira, shenirtach bekteira itzleish, it's near the fire, but it didn't land right opposite the fire. Die begreda, uh, it's enough to have greda, to just do greda, scratch off the the pot, the pot that it falls on or the plate. Deloy chashiv iroi, it's not considered iroi. Why? Because kevon depasak hakiluach. Since the kiluach, the stream has pasak, has stopped, it's not a continuous stream, it's not called iroi. Okay, sounds good. Now, if this is the first shach we've learned, no problem. However, all the Achranim say, the shach in Simon Kofhei, he says the opposite. He says, every time you have Eroi, even if it's again, you have, you imagine this cup was a Klirishain, you, you threw it in the air, and a splash of it lands down on the counter. That's Nifzakakiluach. It wasn't a continuous stream from the cup, from the Klirishain to the counter. The shach says it doesn't make a difference. We're still machmir that you always need to, to kasher uh, with eroy because it's, it, it becomes asikate klipa. So the question is, why is this case different where the shach is meko? The pasach and we could be meko. We don't have to kasher uh, the plate. All you need to do is do greira uh, or greida. So there's three possible terutzim and many uh, kulas that come from these, these terutzim. Number one, the minchas Yaakov. He wrote a he, he wrote a pirish on the Tarashata. So he writes that the shach was only machmir when this drop would fall onto food or a klicheres. Those two times will be machmir. They need a klipa. So if you had a piece of chelav that fell onto a potato, you have to slice. You have to you have to uh, peel the potato. Okay, to peel off a layer. Or if it fell onto a klicheres, which can't be kosher, it's a problem. But by metal, which is our case, klimatechas, there will not, not be an issue of kede klipa, and all you need to do is use a little steel wool, scratch it out, and that will be fine. That's answer number one. The Chavaz Das says something that should be familiar to us, that many times when we talk about kede klipa, it's only a chumrah. Really, the blia didn't go in. It's only a chumrah. And where you could be machmir, be machmir. But over here, to start scratching a plate, you're going to ruin the plate. He says, we could be meiko. When is, is that because he doesn't believe that's from a klirisha? Why is, he, why is he saying that it is, there's no blias here? He holds blias in general, right? So, so right. So let's say you hold, there's only blias in the klirishain. There's no blias in the klisheni. The question is, what about in between? We don't know. We have no clue. What's in between uh, klirishain and klisheni? So he's saying this wax is not really a klirishain. That's really what he's trying to say. He's saying no. by the time it drops, it's so small, it cools off. It's not hot. It's not, it's not Yats right. Levis boy. Or it's, or it's, it's Yats Levis boy, but it doesn't have a koyach to, to be mavasha more than a... More than a, a, a grade of to a liquid which maintains its heat. Yeah, a little more. So that's the third terrace. The Chachma Sadam says that you're right. Kol Shochanar Kula, the Shach says, we always need Kadei Klipa. Even if it's Nifsa Kakiluach, we still need a Kadei Klipa. In this case, we're dealing with a drop of wax, a spark, and therefore that's where the Shach is make that it's Nifsa Kakiluach, you don't need a Kadei Klipa. Now, based on this, you have a, a possible heter in general when. Um, Things happen in the kitchen. So we learned when you have a splash from one pot to another pot, then we have tremendous issues. We've got to figure out if it was above the waterline, below the waterline, was the pot covered, all types of chumras, based on the Mishnah, right? But that's only when both pots were hot. 
when the splash was falling onto a hot pot. But if it fell onto a cold pot, if it's simply a tipa, just one tipa, we could we could say based on this, and this is how many poskim would paskin, that by the time the tipa fell and landed on something, it already cooled off. It didn't have that koyach of bisho, so so wipe it down, use a baby wipe, use a wipe it down, use steel wool. Even liquid, even liquid. Yes, as long as it's not a, it's not a full, it's not not someone poured something. Meaning you had a coffee and then someone knocked into you and the milk of coffee fell in the air and landed on the crock pot or something, which which was cold. So in that case, we could say by the time this this coffee is a cliche, but let's get a clear reshare in coffee, whatever it is. So by the time that splash landed on the surface of the of the cold pot, it already cooled off mid-air. All it needs is this greater business of uh, wiping it down using steel wool. So there would be a a, a tremendous hector. One more halacha, and we'll get onto uh, other other topics in this in the sif and so, that, let's go back to the, the salad so it, it, it plays well let's say chicken out of a chicken soup so there's a, there's a humra of, of, of dover gush which we didn't learn yet that a solid might have the status of a cleary shine but you just said it may but it may not maintain the heat as well that's like, only like a drop you're talking about a little piece like a like one rice the wax that's, was small you mean let's say the a wax one, was bigger. one piece of rice would fly in the air and land somewhere you know something like that versus a piece of chicken a piece of kishka kuro that would retain its heat. Now, the second case, the Mechaber said it needs Hagala. There's a Mechlekes, if you actually need Hagala, it seems like a Chiddush. You only need Hagala when things were used on the fire itself. It's a Mechlekes, if the Mechaber means Hagala Mamish, or just Eroi, the Maisa, we could be Mekel, that Eroi would suffice. Okay, so that really ends Simon Sadi Beis. If you look, the Taz over here, he has an extra 50 lines, depending on your print, which at first glance have nothing to do with our Simon. It might have to do with the difference between a Klerishan and a Klisheni. And this is a, a very common question, and we'll see it has many ramifications in halacha. So he quotes the Maril. The Maril is discussing the halachas of Hagala. So I'll give you an example. In commercial Hashkach, imagine you're kashering a hotel for Pesach, and there's dozens of countertops. Or you have these uh, counters on wheels, stainless steel counters, and you have to kasher that with Hagala, with, with, sorry, with Eroy pouring hot water over it. So there are many different options. You could do one pot at a time, and, and it'll take you hours to do it. Some of the hashkachas will use a power wash. If you get a power wash up to 212 degrees, maybe 190, they rely that that works, and that's the best way to do it. Again, you can't power wash your house. You could power wash a commercial kitchen that has drains. That's a way to do it. And uh, some use a commercial-grade uh, industrial steamers that get very hot. Well, let's say it's a mom-and-pop operation and no industrial equipment. We want to kosher all these counters by using Eroy. So, at first glance, let's take you know one pot at a time, but that, that's very that's very time-consuming. I have a great idea. We'll fill up a huge pot. We'll call it a stock pot. You can call it a uh, steam jacket, a kettle where they make a challenge for the camp. One of these huge pots, roll, bring it up to a rolling boil, and then we'll take small pots, small, uh, you know, uh, coffee, uh, uh, what do you call it? Kettles, and we'll put it into the water, and we'll pour over over each table one at a time. And that way, we have gallons and gallons of boiling water. Don't have to wait for it to reboil. Shalomai Israel, everything should be good. The Maril says you have a problem because that keli, the tea kettle that you put into the into the stock pot, into the steam jacketed kettle, that tea kettle is a klisheni. It's a clean A clean shaney cannot kosher your counters. You need to have a clean reshine. And therefore, the Maril says, make sure when you're koshering for pace. Again, the Maril was not the... But, but, uh, that, but that was also clean no? Wasn't the uh, 
Wasn't the countertops originally? Uh, maybe, yeah, maybe not. Let, let's, let's say they had a soup, they had a big uh, soup pot, and it was on the fire. Even when it's removed from the fire, it's still called a cliche, cliche shine. So if they pour, they're trying to pour it into soup bowls, and they missed. They poured chametz onto the counter, right? That makes the counter still a cliche shine. No, the counter's not a cliche shine. The counter has iser kade klipa. No, the counter's a cliche shine. But when they hit it, hit the counter, it iser kade klipa. The only way to kasher a kade klipa is to do eroy. And eroy is defined by coming from a cliche shine, not from a cliche shine. So therefore, the Maril says you have to. This is what you have to do, because it's called a cliche. Shani. Now, it's a chumrah when it comes to uh, kashering, but it will, if, if the maril holds that this is really what it is, it will be a tremendous kula for Hilcha Shabbos. Let's say you have, I don't know, give some type of spice, you have, a, you have a dried rosemary, and you like rosemary in your soup, okay? Let's assume the rosemary is not cooked, and you want to put it in your soup. So you can't put it in a klisheni. Now, there is a heter of tavlin. Let's assume you don't know what tavlin is. You're not going to put it into a klisheni. But you, would, you feel comfortable putting it into a klishlishi. You're a Rav Moshir, ain't bishop a klishlishi. Now you have your soup in front of you, and you know that in the kitchen they use the ladle to scoop the soup into, into the, into the uh, bowl. According to the Maril, the ladle was a klishani. The soup bowl is now a klishlishi. No problem. Put in your rosemary, your parsley, I don't know, whatever else you're putting into this, uh, into your soup that wasn't pre-cooked already, and you could enjoy your soup on Shabbos. It will be a tremendous kula according to the Maril. The question is, do we actually pass like the Maril? So hold on tight. This is what the Taz quotes. And the Taz argues. He argues he brings many rayas. I'm not going to go through all the rayas. One svara he says is, how do you ever kasher? The way to kasher, let's say you had a treif spatula. Okay? Treif spatula, you used it for schnitzel, and five minutes later you used it to, to make egg and cheese. Rabbi said, I'm sorry, I don't have a hetter for you. You have to kasher the spatula. Okay? You... Pick up, you have a boiling uh, boiling water, ain't a banana pot, you're about to kosher it, you waited 24 hours. When you put that 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 spatula in the pot, the only way the spatula is gonna spit out the bleus is if the spatula becomes a clear shine. So the Taz asks, how do you ever kosher? Every time I kosher, I'm not getting the pot, my my spoon hot enough to spit out the bleus. That's his question. Now, if you look in the Maril, he says a very pushed answer. He says, if the water would boil up in this cup, meaning, let's say I put, I'm koshering a cup, koshering a coffee mug or something. I put it into the water, and the water inside the cup also boils. So then you see that it, that, that becomes a clear shine, and that's how you kosher. So it happens to be, according to the Maril, the way, you, the way to kosher, you have to make sure it still retains it's Resicha. But either way, the Taz argues on the Maril. Now, this is known as the famous Machlekes, Taz, and others. What is the status of a spatula? Do we say the spatula... While, while, the, while the pot is still on the fire, whatever's in it becomes a clean as well, right? Or no? Right. So so you guys, let's think in Lundus, if I'm thinking of ice, a, a cold frying pan, putting it into the pot, it's going to cool off. So maybe... Yeah, but the pot's still on the fire. Doesn't the fire create the clean the fact that it's on the fire? Right, but now I have inside this this frying pan, inside the cup, there's cold water. So that water that means this we have cup. To bring the cup will reboil. I know. Good. So according to my real, if the if the if the water boils in the cup itself, that's fine. Okay. So let's let's hold on a second. So the Taz says it's, it has a status of a clearishine. The Maril says it has a status of clichéni. Now the Maril agrees if the water itself reboils inside the pot. It also has the status of a klirishon, and therefore the Magen Avram says in Hilchas Pesach, quoted by the Mishabura, 
the Sally Paskins and Tuffman Bays. If, in fact, you're kashering like this, wait for the water to boil up in the second pot. And that's what we tell in Hashkocha, we're kashering a hotel. Make sure the water boiled in the kettle, in the uh, second, you know, in, in the uh, the one that you're using, to make sure that it's considered a clearish in the holidays. There is one sheet out there that argues, this is Taisvis, Taisvis himself is Mesupik. If even when it's in the pot, it uh, it boils, maybe it's still not called a clear a clearishan. So either way, we don't pass like that, but just just bring bring out that in fact this is found in halacha. What about on Hilcha Shabbos? So we said when it comes to Hagala, we'll be machmir, but we'll, we'll take the maril that as long as it's boiling, that that we find. What about Hilcha Shabbos? So Mishnah Bruin Simeshin Yudches Sifkaton Pezayin. He's machmir. He holds that we have to consider it a clearishan. Meaning, if you're taking your uh, rosemary again, I give you rosemary as an example. It might not be the perfect example. Halacha is that tavlin spices do not cook in a klisheni. So, but let's give another different example. Something raw that you decide you want to put into your soup Friday night, and it's raw. So the Mishnah Bruin says you cannot do that. Simply relying on the fact that the ladle. Is a klisheni not true? The ladle, since it was put into the soup, it has the status of a klirishon, like the taz, and therefore don't put uncooked things into your soup on on Shabbos. However, there's another mishabura. The mishabura in Sivkat and Memhe seems to be mekel. Now he's talking about an interesting case there. There he's talking about we'll use the uh, challah in soup example. You're putting matzah in your soup. So what's the shaila of putting matzah in your soup? Lachar is the same shaila over there. The matzah is already baked. There's a shaila in halacha, im yesh bishel acharafia. Is there such a thing as cooking after it has already been baked? Your challah was baked before Shabbos. So what, I can't put it in my soup? What are you worried about? It's going to get cooked? It was already cooked. It was already baked before Shabbos. So machlik is mechaber and the ramah. The Svart, most of the Svarti Rishonim and the Ashkenazi Rishonim, the Svarti Rishonim hold Ein Bishalach Rafia, no problem. You can take matzah, put it into your soup. There's no issue. There's an issue of Chazari, you can't put it on the fire, but there'll be no issue of putting matzah in soup according to the Svartim. Ashkenazim or Machmer, Yesh Bishalach Rafia. There's a very practical case, by the way. Let's say you have roasted coffee beans or ground coffee, not instant. You have roasted coffee, you have ground coffee, you have Starbucks Via, which has micro ground, ground coffee in it, micro ground coffee. That coffee was never cooked. When you, when you get regular instant coffee, Folgers, Taster's Choice, that coffee was cooked. It was First it was roasted into beans, ground up, or just cooked as is, with water, and then they spray dry it or freeze dry it, giving you a product, and you're just reconstituting it. But when you have ground coffee in a bag for, you know, $8, $10 a bag, that coffee was never cooked. You're cooking it for the first time when you're making a coffee on Shabbos. So again, you have to figure out the butter issues, but a pour-over coffee is fine on Shabbos. I think all the places can read to that. So if you're making a pour-over coffee on Shabbos, it's the same shiloh. It's bishol, it's cooking, acharafia, or acharzli, after being roasted, it's the same shiloh. So the other Mishabura says, we're mako, that there's no isra of bishol, acharafia, but klishlishi. If it's in a klishlishi, and your rub will tell you if you're making a Starbucks via, or you're making a, uh, a pour-over coffee on Shabbos, you could use the klishlishi. Over here, the Mishabura says, it could be mako like the maril that let's say you're taking challah, which was baked, and you're putting it into your soup, and you ask the, the lady in the, or whoever's serving the soup, did you use a ladle? And they said, yes, we used a ladle. So as long as you, the ladle is a suffix, if it's a klirishan or a klisheni, coupled with the fact that maybe ain't bishol, achatzli, here the mishabur is relying on the maril, and he allows you to put the matzah or your croutons, anything baked, he allows you to put a baked item into the soup, 
as long as there was a ladle being used to serve the soup, that 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 would uh, be mesupic if it's a kli, uh, a klisheni or a klishlishi. Okay. Can I ask uh, one question? Sure, please. Let, let's say you take, forget uh, even during the week when you have a ladle and you're scooping out soup, right, and putting it into your bowl. So that ladle is a sheni, right? According to the maril, yes. According to the taz, no. Right. That's that's the machlekes. Right, so now let's say some of that soup drips onto your counter. So you'd have so, the same achlekes. It'll be a suffolk in halacha, and uh, we'd probably be machmer, you know, depending on the case. Be machmer even though it dripped off of a sheni? So it might, it might be it might be a klirishan according to the Taz, right? The Taz says it's a klirishan. Since it was on the fire, this ladle spent a few seconds on the fire, and we'll assume it's Yatsa Levis, boys, so according to the Taz, it's a klirishan. It's as if you drop, you drip soup from from the pot. Why isn't it Iroy? No, no, it's Iroy. So you have to do kasher, whatever you whatever you do for Iroy, you'd have to kasher over here. Iroy klirishan. Also, some people hold that Iroy klirishan is 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 they make it with it or not? Or no, Iroy klisheni is there's nothing nothing doing Iroy klisheni. But Iroy klirishan where machmer kadei klipa where machmer kadei klipa. Yeah. yeah, but the Nitzaki doesn't fly. So the Shachos Nitzaki is still the Kasha Kadei Klipa. That was the Kasha Hakim over here. He's being Makel. The all you need is right. Greda. So maybe uh-huh. what what, uh, what Avi is asking is that perhaps a drop of soup that might be what we said before with the Shach. That, if that's what you're saying, uh-huh. Inachanam, I agree to you. But if it's spilled, even if it was Nifsak and you have a real spill, so then that would be regular Kadei Klipa. That would be necessary. But one drop, you're right. That if that's what you meant, you're right. As the shach said, all you would need to do is is is, is a wipe wipe it down. Okay. Uh, but if it's out of your bowl, that for sure everybody holds is okay. That's, that's, a, that's right. definitely a cliche, right? Unless you put the bowl in, in the in the soup to scoop it out, right? Uh, they ran out of the ladles in camp and you put you know, the ladle dropped at the bottom of the pot, right? So now everyone's busy with the cup. So then the cup would have a din of a clearish and taka. You have to be careful on Shabbos or whatever. Now, in this discussion, the Taz in his long Arichas here, he brings down a um, another Truma Sadeshin, and he says the Truma Sadeshin himself also has the suffix, if when you pull out the ladle as a din of a klirishin or a klishini, but the Ta says, no, the Truma Sadeshin is only talking in a case where there's actual liquid inside the ladle. But let's say you pulled out a ladle, and there's no liquid inside the ladle, you you wipe, you, you spilled it all out, this ladle, he says, ha-kumoidin has a din of a klishini. That's the sheet of the Taz. So the Taz goes from the extreme machmir that when it has liquid in it, the soup, it's a klirishan. If you, you emptied it out of its contents and you pulled it out of the, out of the off the off the fire, it doesn't have the status of a klirishan. And he says the same thing would apply. To, How does it? What's the practical application of that? Oh, so I'll give you a, a random application of that. But in theory, let's say you took a hot a hot uh, sheet pan out of an oven that there was no bread anymore in it. And he put that on a counter, and he needed liquid, otherwise it wouldn't, it wouldn't uh, do anything. He would say that it doesn't have the status of a klirishan. It wouldn't make your counters, let's say, chametz or whatever whatever you're dealing with. But I'll give you a very interesting uh, nafkamina. There's a halacha in Hilcha that says you're not allowed to shecht with a hot knife. Halacha in Hilcha you're not allowed to shecht with a hot knife. It's a machlekes in the Gemara with Rabban or Abzeira. Uh, the Hafla brings it down that the same story with Purim, that, that Rabbah shechted Rabzeira, so Rabzeira was the one who knew how this felt. And he says that that uh, the concern is that the libuna, the heat, is going gonna, is gonna to kill the, the cow before, before the blade. That's the Gemara's concern, that the, the shechita has to be the shachat, and has to, you have to shecht with a knife, you have to cut it, cut the simonim, and not burn the simonim, and not, uh, not kill... Through heat, that's not lachan shochanorich. 
The Ramah says an expert shaykhet who knows what he's doing could in fact use a very hot knife, but obviously we don't use it. So this came up a few years ago. The USDA requires that the shaykhtim have to stick their knives into hot water to sterilize in between each shita. So many of the rabbanim, I know the Skver Dayan, Dayan Goldmunzer from uh, you know, that Solomon's Meat, he's, he's the Rav Master for Solomon's Meat, they fought against this, against this USDA um, uh, guideline for shita by claiming that we have an isser of shechting with a hot knife, and therefore we don't want to put our knives into these, they have these, they have these like a mini dishwasher, but, but basically it's a hot uh, hot water. I was at some of these shechitas. One of the jobs of the mashikim is to make sure it's below this boy. So that, that's the way most people deal with it. They just make sure it's, you know, less than 120. So big deal. But here he was fighting, he was arguing that the, the knife is going to be hot. And when it's shechts, we have a problem of libuna, the, the, the burning is going to be before the shechita. So, L'chayr, again, they use klesheni. And anyways, he was just didn't want the USDA to get involved in the shechita. And he was very successful in many areas. And uh, Baruch Hashem, Solomon's is a very nice shechita. So he, he yeah, said, wait, yeah. On that, on that, just on that knife thing, uh, what if you had uh, two knives? So you take the hot one and use it for your second time. Yeah, but, but uh, it's constantly, you know, just shechting, 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 you know. It's, it's another. It's going to slow it down. You can't slow it down. Every every minute is a dollar, right? Every minute is eighteen hundred dollars. So they, they don't want to slow down. They want to be able to use the knife, stick it into the sterilizer, and shaft again. If they have to start switching knives. You need to check it according to many paiskim. So they rather just keep the same knife. Good question. But that's that's what they want to do. Speed is key. Speed, controlled speed, is key. So so lechayra according to the taz. It wouldn't, be, it wouldn't be a problem because when you remove it from the water, as long as it's dry, which they would make sure it's dry, then it wouldn't be a klirishayn, it would be a klisheni, and it would be a hetter in this case. Now, either way, many poison don't go with this taz. I'm just giving you a practical, you know, what would be a nafkamina based on this taz? Do we say the knife has the status of a klirishayn or does it have the status of a klisheni? Okay, one more topic uh, on, on this on the simon is found in the... Um, it's found in the Pischei Tshuva. He brings down, in Pischei Tshuva Zion, he talks about a pipe. You have a tobacco pipe, and are you allowed to light, basically, are you allowed to light your cigarette from this chale of candle? We're talking about candles, so our candles are made out of wax, but you have a chale of candle, can you light the cigarette, can you light the pipe from the uh, from the chale of candle? So um, he brings down the Manigor Machmir. Now, I don't want to talk about that because that's not so negaya for us. But the, on this topic, many places can discuss cigarettes, and they say forget about the ignoring the the health issues, but the cautious of it. Let's assume cigarettes would would in fact be uh, made from trephus. Over there, you're not really uh, inhaling anything; it's the smoke and the placing more makel on that shaila. A more uh, interesting question, and this what's the shaila? What's the shaila though? So you have from Shem Shuman? So again, Hanoah is not a problem. You let have Hanoah from Chela. They had candles. So the, the, the Shaila would be, are you inhaling something? Is that called Achila? Is that called something going into Isaiah? Is, is there something like that? So with, with cigarettes, we're not concerned. But uh, the, the, the more common question that people ask is regarding e-cigarettes or uh, vape. I'm not telling anyone to vape. I'm just, you know, talking just one aspect of it. Last year on Pesach time, for some reason, someone told everyone that I was the one that's making on e-cigarettes because all the hashkachas say it needs hashkachas for Pesach. And you have thousands of yidin uh, that, that use this stuff. So I got many calls from random people I never spoke to in my life regarding e-cigarettes on Pesach. So the, the question of, of e-cigarettes is that there are some food-grade ingredients in the e-cigarette. And from a halachic standpoint, we just learned the, the sugya of zeah. 
And we learned, according to the Rosh, Zeya, the steam of something, is considered the food itself. So Lechaira, if you have treif, you're taking, I don't know, hog fat, and you're smoking it, you're inhaling it uh, from, from a, with an e-cigarette, it's going into your mouth. That's considered, perhaps, consumption of, of uh, Zeyas Eichlin. And it will be a problem of treif, of chametz, And in Echanami, it will be a very serious shaila. What, what is there to rely on? So... The, the possible heter would be is that these things are not really treif. If you look at the uh, ingredients, there's glycerin in it, which we would assume is vegetable glycerin. You have nicotine, which is poison, right? You have your flavors, which could be chametz or could be treif. And the other stuff is just propylene glycol, other other fillers that that you know keep it at room temperature, whatever whatever it does. So the although many rabbanim again would say one should avoid it on Pesach because you don't know if the flavors are chametz, maybe the glycerin came from chametz. It's probably not treif. However, but you know, I spoke to a few people that, that do this, that, that uh, they use this stuff, and they said if you have a bad machine and you, and you mess up and the, and the juice hits your tongue, it's terrible. It not, it's not, does not taste good. You don't want to get a taste of it. It doesn't taste good. And therefore, I know some of the, uh, the Pisces would agree that if it doesn't have a good taste, it doesn't taste good, it tastes like, it tastes like uh, poison, it's horrible, then it's not, called, it's not called food. If it's not called food, it's not called Nabal Chamet, it's it's like eating deodorant. Then again, maybe there's achshave here. But let's assume there's no achshave on the on, on the chametz component, and uh, that might be a reason why people could be makele practically on the e-cigarettes. But again, from a halacha standpoint, if the ingredients were were roila achila, and they would uh, and they would taste good, they would have have a taste. So then, and it, and it was treif. So then we would indeed have a problem, unlike the cigarettes, where it's just smoke. The e-cigarettes, you're, you're inhaling the zea. We learned in Simon Zion, Simon Ches, that the zea is considered uh, uh, ha- having the form of the food itself. And it, in fact, would be would be a very serious question of, of using that on Pesach. But again, what do you say? How do you find the difference between Recha and Zeya? Recha love milk. Recha's aroma. Recha's aroma, which maybe the cigarettes might have some aroma. But we don't uh, see any steam. No. Now the steam is is uh, is li- liquid evap- evaporating from from that from that item, so that's uh, so again that's what we're relying on that it's not either it's not treif it's a suffix of a treif and even if it was treif it's not really uh, achila, but the shaila is a good shaila if in fact it was non kosher and it had a good taste a taco would be a serious shaila if one could take one could use these uh, e cigarettes on Pesach or throughout the year unless you verify it's kashrus. Yes.